Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. We're doing a little bit of a different type of unfiltered episode today. We are going to get just as raw and real and vulnerable as we do on all unfiltered episodes, but we're not going to be anonymous today. That's because we have the hosts of Completely Fucking Clueless, Sarah and Audrey on the show today, and they are so fabulous. This episode is so great. We talk all about their queer experiences. They both are in different experiences right now. Audrey is single and navigating dating in New York City, and Sarah is in a monogamous relationship and has such an amazing story of how she and her partner met. So I am so excited to get into this. This is such a fun episode. It's such a raw episode. Make sure you are following these ladies on TikTok. They are so hilarious and they make my day better every single time they post a video. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right. We are here with Sarah and Audrey from Completely Flucking Clueless. Welcome. <laughs> Why did I struggle to say that? I almost said flucking. Completely flucking clueless. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. It's like it a is. lot of long words. It is. Yeah. I a lot, a lot of hard completely. letters. Yes. Yeah, I misspoke completely every time. And autocorrect has to fix it. That's really funny. I feel like we all have those words that we'll just never be able to spell. Yes. For me, it's restaurant. Every time I smell restaurant, it is not right. <laughs> I recently learned that I can't spell bouquet as in wedding bouquet. I forget the first U. Um, but that's There's just... multiple U's in that word? <laughs> it's B-O-U-Q-U-E-T, I think. I kept... I don't know. Okay. Words are hard. Um. I'm so excited to have you here. I oh. am so excited for this episode and for our conversation. I would love for you each to just introduce yourselves and just share a little of like what you do on Completely Fucking Clueless. 100%. Um, my name is Sarah Alice Liddy. Um, just go by Sarah, but Audrey and I usually say our full names on the podcast. Yeah, so I really like my full name. And so I, <laughs> she, if I say my full name, she has to say her full name because it'd be weird if it was Audrey Jane Flowers and then Sarah. I love it. But yeah, so this is, I just like my name. Yeah. Um, and I am the co-host with Audrey to Completely Fucking Clueless. It's a podcast that we started in March of 2022 because we were super clueless about what we wanted to do with our lives. Uh, we both grew up um, as theater performers. We met because we went to Elon University and got our BFA in music theater, and we became very close. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a lot of very similar things about us. So mm -hmm. yeah. I'm Audrey Jean Flowers. Um, yeah, we we started working on the podcast over a year ago now. Yeah. Um, was originally going to be kind of focused around theater. And then both of us were like, nah, that's not the vibe anymore. <laughs> um, and we, we wanted to like make something that was a lot about like, A, we really just didn't know what we were doing. And we felt like the more people we spoke to about it, the more that we realized no one felt that way, but none of us were really talking about it. Yeah. Um, and we want to have something that like spoke a lot about vulnerability and like spoke very openly about like, we both struggled with mental health and like we've struggled with coming to terms with our sexuality and just like somewhere to sort of face the messiness head on. Yeah. I'm really glad you pivoted because I think that you both are so amazing at talking about things that are so relatable and you do it in such a real way where like I can I can listen to your episodes and it could be a topic that I don't even relate to but I'll relate to the things that you say about it and the way that you feel and the way that you express that so I mean thank you both for just being so honest and so genuine in your episodes and your conversations um 
to everyone listening, like go pause this and go listen to Completely oh, Fucking Clueless you. and then come back because they're <laughs> amazing. And I'm, it's an honor to have you both here. Oh, thank you so much. Great it's an honor to be here. To be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I always have loved podcasts and I've always loved like the vulnerability that I feel like people can get down to on podcasts, especially because it's like very long form. Um, and I think it's super cool to be able to be like real and honest. And I think it also makes it a little easier sometimes. Like I know a lot of like uh, podcasters will do like YouTubes and stuff, but knowing sometimes that like I am like, just like sitting in a room with like one other person I'm like it makes it so much easier to be vulnerable sometimes it's literally just my living room like I commute nowhere it's great yep um yeah I literally didn't listen I listened to one podcast Freya starting a podcast and it was about murder um but people always told me I was pretty good at talking so and I always (laughs) liked doing that um and as I've been described by myself and others, I lack a sense of public shame. So I'm willing to talk about anything. Well, in that case, I am so excited to have you here. Also, I do need to mention that my full name is Alana Lauren Dunn for anyone who was unaware. You know, we got to bring that in. <laughs> I, love it. Thank you. I love your last name. I like that. Just like it ends with like done. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I've recently started thinking about the future and yeah. I'm having a really hard time accepting that I might in the future be losing my last name. And I know that I can keep it. I know that that's a choice that I have and that I'm allowed to make, but I don't know. I feel really torn. Cause I, I just, I feel like I am all on a done. Like I feel like I'm yes. a, first, a firsty lastie, you know, and yeah. it's, it's part of my identity. I don't so know. It's a great name. It I is. plan on kind of trying to bully whoever I end up into changing the last name to flowers. Cause it's in my opinion, it's <laughs> I like mean, a baller last name. Yeah, it is. Well, I've already changed my name once. I'm not going through that. A second Did you really? Time. Oh yeah. Audrey's not my real first name. Or it What's is your, now. What is it? It was Olivia. <laughs> Why'd you change it? I didn't vibe with it. I never liked it growing up. Just always wanted to change it. So then I did. Wow. It's, well, I have to ask the dramatic question here. Is it the name Olivia that you don't like? Or is it the name Olivia for you that you don't it's like? It's the name Olivia for me. I'd say particularly because my parents thought that name was going to be unique. And then they dropped me off at pre-K. And there was in my <laughs> town that is smaller than Boston's airport. There was, I believe, six other Olivias oh in my gosh. class. Um, and they also were no offense to them some of the meanest girls i met as a kid um so never vibed with it um wow always wanted to change it i've met some lovely olivia's now sarah's partner is named olivia well that's I why i asked <laughs> if you have a problem with the name i have i hold nothing against olivia's it just wasn't my vibe wasn't wow my that's vibe. really cool i don't think <laughs> i i don't know of anyone that i know of that I act no, you know, that I know. <laughs> the only people I know who have changed their names are trans, um, which is a much more valid reason than mine, which was just like kind of for the lols. Um, the lols. That's the fastest way to describe it. Whenever people ask me, I'm like, if you need it really quickly, I changed it for the lols and for the vibes. <laughs> but you're allowed. You were allowed yeah. to make that change. That's really cool. I, I applaud you. Um, okay. We're not talking about names this whole episode, but we could. Um, but what I really want to kind of dive into to start off is your journey with your sexuality, both of you, and, and totally. you know, becoming queer and, and figuring that out because I imagine you weren't just born and were like, okay, I'm queer. Here I am. Um, though maybe some people no. are before they can talk, but yeah. I would love to hear how you you know, first started to maybe question your sexuality and where that led you and 
all of that. Well, if we could get into that, whoever wants to go first. Yeah. Um, mine's like, there's not fully a story to it. I think partially because to some level, I think I kind of always did know a little bit. Like my family is pretty gay. Um, like my sim- I'm the last of six kids and we're pretty gay children. Um, <laughs> like to the point in which I'm like, I think there's a genetic component to this because my dad's side of the family is all gay, but also Jehovah's Witness. So it's not like a good thing to be gay over there. Um, anyway, not the point of this. Um, I just never really questioned it. And like my brother was came out as trans when I was pretty young. And like, I never really questioned that either because I was young enough. It was never really explained to me. The sister right above me is also queer. Um, so I never formally came out um, to my parents. I just told them I was going on a date with a girl that I lived in the same dorm as. Um, but behind the scenes, I did have like kind of a weird journey of one of my closest friends. Um, I didn't, when I got a little bit older and became more aware of sexualities when I was in high school, I just kind of assumed I was straight. And then one of my friends was like, oh, I'm bi. And I was like, that's an option. So I went to one of my best friends and went, I think I might be bi. And she went, I don't think you are. And I went, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> and then like a year later, I was like, no, let's reapproach that. Um, but like I read as super straight. Like I literally had a girl tell me in high school, like you're not passably gay, um, which what does that mean? Um, so there's definitely been a journey with it. Like I haven't honestly dated a ton. I've been in one long-term relationship and it was with a man. Um, so like, there's still a lot I'm learning about my queer identity. And like, I, I made a conscious choice to be really loud about it when I entered college, because it turned out there were a lot of queer women in my high school, just no one ever spoke really up about it. So I just became um, obnoxious is what I decided to do. Um, and so, yeah, we're still very much like, like I still kind of feel like a baby gay, but I've been out for like eight years. Yeah, you've been out for a long time. Yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah it's rather anticlimactic. I literally never came out. My parents just kind of, uh, I told them I was going on a date and they went, have a fun time. Wow. <laughs> that's, in a way, it's like, that's how it should be. Yeah. And hopefully that's how, you know, our society can work towards it being. But I think it's amazing how you were, you know, you just grew up surrounded by different types of people and people and everyone accepted everyone for who they were. And I wonder, like, do you think, you know, if other people grew up with older siblings who also were queer or trans or gay, whatever it is, like, do you think just being raised around it is part of the reason you were just like, Oh, like, yeah, that's me in a way. Yeah, I like I never really questioned it. And that's like, I know made my journey really easily. Like, but I have two cousins who like my family is quasi adopted because they got excommunicated for coming out as gay. Um, Because their family was all like my I have aunts and uncles that are Jehovah's Witness, and they literally have now not spoken to the rest of their family in years. Like that was a, a challenging journey for them. And it cost them a lot. Whereas like, I feel really lucky that like, the only thing that changed was like now like, in dinner tables conversation when my family refers to like my future partner, I always go and correct them and be like, they. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I do think I was super, super blessed with that. Um, and like, it, as much as I like had a few years of like becoming very aware of like sexuality and like whatnot, I, I knew it was never going to be an issue. Yeah. I also think it's the theater industry. Like we both, the theater community. Yeah. There's so many gay people. And I think from a young age, there's a lot of gay people too. But there are substantially less like queer women. Queer women. I feel like there's a difference in the way that queer women and queer men are viewed in society. Like 
I went to an arts high school where most of the male population was gay and people didn't have an issue with it, but there were still girls who were uncomfortable with me in fitting rooms. And like, mm-hmm. there were still people who were uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. I forget if I answered the question at all. My ability to lose things immediately is impressive. I forget also, but I think you did and more. So- yeah. <laughs> all right, Sarah, let's go to you. Yeah, I think um, unlike Audrey, I did not like always uh, – gr- I did not grow up always knowing that I was queer. I think I had like always had the princess, like Prince Charming idea in my mind until I went to summer camp when I was 12. And um, that is where I met my partner, um, Olivia, um, when we were both 12 and we were in the same cabin. And I just like remember feeling like so like, interested in them like and emotionally attracted to them and it just turned into something more and like they were my first kiss like so um I started like all of my dating and first like love and like sexual experiences were with women because after Olivia and I had like broken up at the age of 12 (laughs) um my best friend at the time came to me and said like I'm in love with you. And I was like, what? That one was like so out of left field for me. Um, And then we had proceeded to like have a relationship behind closed doors for about three years. Um, And I think what was confusing about that was that we had this like really intimate relationship behind closed doors, but to everybody else, like we were not queer. Um, And like, you know, so there was the, the craziness of like still talking with, like men and like, and all of that. Um, but then, um, once that relationship had ended, I was about 15 and I was like, okay, like I am done being gay now. Like that was such a cute stunt in my life. Like it is over. Um, and I just like really like pushed it down. I pushed all of all those emotions and thoughts and things down. Um, and and then as and then when I graduated from high school is when I started to think about it a lot more. Um, I remember like the first time telling like I was in an acting class and I told a room of people that like I had been in relationship uh, relationships with people that were not men. And I remember like everyone just looked at me like the same. <laughs> and I it finally clicked to me a bit that I was like, okay, like, I don't think this is necessarily like a bad thing. Um, but fast forward to the pandemic in 2020, I think like everybody had so much time to think and process feelings and emotions. And I sort of dealt with a a few months of being like, what if I wake up one day and I'm 50 years old and I am just really unhappy because I never gave myself the chance to like really be myself or explore things or tell my parents Um, and so, um, I ended up actually reaching out to Olivia, um, to just like talk to somebody and the spark was still there. And so we reopened up our relationship and like, I remember the first thing I said immediately was like, we're telling our parents this time. Like I'm, I mean, and Olivia has been been out um since they were in middle school. Um, so it's a very different situation for them. But for me, I was like, 
I am coming out this time. I'm telling my parents, I'm telling my family, there is just like no way I can do the whole closed, um, behind closed door thing. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit about how that happened. <laughs> how long had it been since you and Olivia had last spoken? So in a crazy turn of events, um, my junior year of high school and Olivia's senior year of high school, Olivia moved from Connecticut to the town that I lived in, in Westchester. Um, and so we'll moved to a town nearby, but the, um, town that they moved to Bronxville would not let them in their public school like system. Um, they technically live in a, a town called Mount Vernon. Okay, wait, hold is, on, like, hold on. Pause. Where in Westchester yeah. are you from? Oh, Pelham. Shut the fuck up. I'm from Armonk. Oh my gosh. No way. <laughs> like, how, did I, how did we not know this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm from Pelham. I literally still live there. Oh my um, God. <laughs> yeah. And so um, Olivia lived in Mount Vernon, but literally the, the Bronxville High School was like two seconds away from their home. And um, because of like the lines of whatever towns they couldn't go to that high school and so they and it was crazy like hearing it from their parents like now they literally tried every other high school besides my high school because olivia knew i lived in this specific town in westchester no was way like, i do not want to disturb her um but my high school was the only one that allowed them in to finish high school and olivia was like look i had to put your feelings aside like i just needed to finish high school at this point <laughs> yeah so when i was a junior and olivia was a senior they came to my high school and that was really challenging for me i was like great everyone's gonna figure out that i i had relationships with people that weren't men like i'm gonna be outed and that was never olivia's vendetta it was just all my anxiety um and we reopened our relationship uh, for a little bit in high school, like maybe a couple of weeks. And then I had a guy ask me out and I was like, I'm sorry, like that is the safer option. I need to do that. Um, and then we, when we reconnected in 2020, it had been like five years since we spoken. Wow. Yeah. So we've been in each other's lives for like over 10 years. That's crazy. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's a, it's a cool story. How did your parents react when you told them? <laughs> They knew. Um, <laughs> and I knew that they knew because when I was in middle school, my mom had asked me questions if Olivia was my girlfriend or if this friend that I was with, if we had uh, were romantic together. And so in the back of my mind, I knew my mom knew. I just didn't know how to tell her. And I think she knew that I had to be the one to say it. Um, but they were both super, you know, accepting, which is such a blessing. My whole family was, um, which is, again... Like, I'm so grateful for that because I know it could be a very different situation. Um, but it's still hard sometimes. Like, I've only been out for two years. And while I've uh, been in a great relationship for two years, it can be it can be hard, you know. What are some of those challenges that you face that maybe are ones that people might not expect? I think people think, and I, maybe you feel this too, like, when you come out, like, all the internalized homophobia, all the shame will just like go away wrong. Like, honestly, it like only amplified it more. Um, and so like literally still to this day, like I deal with a lot of just like 
shaming like myself, I think, for not being in the societal expected relationship. Obviously, it's gotten so much better. But for the first like year of my relationship with Olivia, you know, especially after like just coming out, I I really struggled to feel comfortable. Like I think I was always questioning like do I, do I really like you? Or like, are, are you just giving me attention? And like, there was just a lot of confused, lost feelings. And over time, I've been able to more and more come to terms with like, this is just who I am. And just because I am not dating a man, that does not mean that like, who I am, my relationship is not like invalid. Yeah. There's I- also like, not a handbook for it yeah it, like it's not like radically different than being in a straight relationship but it's not demonstrated to us on the same level like i in movies books whatever saw straight couples a tongue growing up and there are things that are different about being in a queer relationship and those just aren't demonstrated to you growing up in yeah. the same way so like it kind of to a degree feels like not going through puberty all over again, but like that sort of like refiguring out. Like, I feel like you did it as a kid. And so I kind of feel like I'm just like starting back over a little bit again, or I did when like, I sort of first like re-entered dating with that. It's on. Yeah. Like you feel like a kid again or like a teenager again. Yeah. Like trying to figure it out, like questioning certain things and not knowing the answers to everything, but like still powering through, but then being like, wait. It's so hard to tell when a girl is flirting with you. (laughs) That was one I wanted to ask that. Yeah. How, okay. Well, Audrey, let's go to you because you're on your dating journey now, (laughs) um, which I know is a kind of new thing. So there's a lot I want to hear about with that and just, you know, navigating dating in New York city (laughs) for the first time. But yeah how do you know and how have you kind of dabbled with like are is 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 this person sending me single signals or am i in my head and if i make a move what's gonna happen i'm historically terrible at it to the point in which i will have straight (laughs) friends tell me a girl is hitting on me um and you it's not great when you're having your straight friends tell you when a girl is hitting on you um (laughs) Dating apps do take out a lot of that because you do know, like, we've, I know both of us have gotten recently into going to a lot more queer female bars because, like, I know, like, even having been out for years, like, I'm a lot better with it now. Like, there's sort of, like, in culture, this this idea of, like, the predatory lesbian. And so, like, I remember when I would have, like, crushes on girls, if, like, I didn't know they were gay, like, I would feel like I was somehow, like, guilty or, like, that I was somehow dirtying them by having a crush on them. Um just because there is that idea of like the lesbian that's just like trying to like attack all the girls in culture that like isn't really a thing that I've seen in real life but there's a lot of things in pop culture that aren't really real in real life um so (laughs) I would like get really afraid of like if I would come on to a girl and I would make them uncomfortable particularly like theater is a pretty closed small world and like word gets around really quickly um so dating apps do help with that because I just know like well, they are gay and like going to gay bars help with that. Like yeah. at least if I hit on a girl in a gay bar, they can't get mad at me. You're in a gay bar. <laughs> and not that I've ever had any girl get mad at me in reality, but it helps like soothe a lot of the anxieties of like, just that I like personally have. Not that I've ever had someone be like, hey, fuck you for flirting with me. I'm not gay. Um, but it it does help like at least get over that hump and like getting more comfortable with it and being surrounded by other queer women 
has been really nice. And like, yeah. I remember being so hyped when Sarah was gay. I was like, great, <laughs> another one. Um, yeah. Yeah. It definitely helps being around other, like, especially, yeah, specifically queer women. I know that like both of us, I have like tried to make more queer women friends because like you said, like sometimes, like because heterosexuality is so like prominent in our society and culture, like, you know, I think sometimes when you are talking to straight friends about like your relationship as like a queer person in a queer relationship, sometimes there's just like things you can't relate to. Just like if like you're in uh, like you're in one career and this person's in another one and you can't understand some of the things in that career. Um, so I think sometimes that it can be a challenge but once you put yourself out there make more friends um and stuff it makes it easier yeah yeah I think that's really important and I think something else that's important to note is like I've seen you know friends come out and then they they do that they search for their people their community and people that yeah. they can really relate to and, and also learn from and I think it's really important to note that like if your friend does come out and does go and you know quote unquote, find new friends, that doesn't mean that they value your friendship any less. No, it just right. means they're trying to figure it out and want to connect with people who have gone through similar experiences and 100%. understand and what they're going my straight It's 100%. never that my straight friends are like saying anything offensive or bad. It's no. just like, they just a don't, lot of it is, they don't yeah, get. they either yeah. don't have an experience or just like, again, like your own internalized whatever, because like, as much as society's gone a lot better, there still is like a lot of ingrained internalized homophobia totally like just is hard to overcome yeah, yeah i'm sure and i think it's interesting like what i've noticed since i've come out or maybe it's just like the age that we're at i'm 24 audrey's 23 soon but to be 24. 24 in 10 days <laughs> yeah you are <laughs> um what i've noticed is like a lot of people and, and again also maybe it's like the times that we're in, I feel like so many people are experimenting these days. Um, and so I think to a certain degree, like everybody sort of gets it a little bit or most people do. I, I feel like I have a lot of people in my life that are experimenting. And I think that's great and cool too, because because we're both bisexual, like we can be of service to those people. We go to gay bars, like we can be like, let's go there if you want to try and meet somebody and, and see if this is for you. And if it's not, like that's okay. And nobody takes offense to you experimenting and trying things out. Totally. Yeah. I want to ask Audrey what your experience has been like now being on dating apps. And more specifically, I'm curious if you've gotten to a point where you've gone on a date with a guy and you've communicated like, hey, I'm bisexual. I actually always very early on communicate that intentionally. Um, just because you can get a wide range of responses. Some, like I've never gotten anyone getting angry at me or anything like that. But like there are some guys who are like, oh yeah, threesome baby, ugh. Um, and like, I know I've been in one long-term relationship and I definitely during that time laid down the queer aspects of myself for his comfort and that's not and he never asked me to do that like I recognize that he never was like hey stop being gay uh, but it was something I played down in an attempt to make him feel more comfortable and that's not something I'm willing to do anymore I'm not willing to edit myself for other people's comfort so if it's going to be an issue I'm like I'd rather just up mm -hmm. front get it over with um, and so I always try and find a way to bring it up like on the very few first dates I've been on, or even sometimes when I'm messaging with people, 
I will bring it up just sort of as like a test, like not to be mean, but like to see if they'll respond and like, or how they'll respond. And if it's something like sketchy, like, no, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a no. Yeah. And that's completely valid. I mean, you mm-hmm. want to know that this person fully accepts you for who you are and that you can be yourself. me time. Like yeah. I'd rather not go on a bunch of dates and then find out like, oh no, you're, you're going to do that. Are you? Yeah. Have you ever encountered any gay women who are not interested in dating somebody who's bisexual? I haven't in my personal life, but I've seen a lot of it like on TikTok, which makes me like very aware of it. Um, And so I also to women try and bring up that I'm bisexual. I do feel like I have it a lot on like my social media. And also again, like I don't read as super gay, um, which brings up a variety of responses. But I've definitely like, I know on TikTok, I see that a lot. And like, I even have queer friends who like, I love and I understand the reasoning that they're like hesitant to date a woman who has not been in a relationship with a woman before. Um, Or like hesitant to hook up with someone who has never hooked up with a woman. And I understand why, because there is a lot that comes with it. I've had friends who, when being in a first relationship or in a relationship that is the first time for someone else, like they've gotten burned pretty badly or like the person hasn't come out to their family and that makes it really complicated. So like, I understand it, but it also like does make it then like sort of scary of like, are you going to be rejected for just like not having learned enough? And like, there is a large degree to which I feel very behind both in like, I haven't dated a ton. And like, I was definitely on like on the later end of doing sexual things. And like, both in straight and queer relationships, I feel behind. And like, the only way to sort of feel like I've caught up is by trying. People are going to be rude about it. There's not anything I can do about that. Yeah, it's hard because yeah, like you said, like the only way you can quote unquote catch up is by doing, but it's a matter of finding the people that you feel comfortable doing things with. And that's the hardest part. I've spent a couple of years being like kind of chicken shit and I'm trying to force myself out of that comfort zone. (laughs) Yeah. Let's hear about that. Like why now are you like really putting yourself out there trying to go on dates? Cause I know this is a relatively new thing for you. Yeah. Um, I think part of it was for the longest time, I just had never done it. So it was so scary to me. And I, a couple, so I'd been on, I think I've now been on like four or five first dates in my life. Um, and the first couple were very terrible, which made me never want to do them again. And then I, a couple months ago, what about them was terrible. Hold on. Mm -hmm. Um, like just have the conversation was just so painful. (laughs) Um, like we, we would help out with the auditions at our school a lot. And so I often compared it of talking to a prospective student. Like you're really trying to make them feel comfortable. You're kind of pulling answers out of them. They're like, it just like the conversation yeah. isn't going. And it like, just kind of almost feels like you're like interviewing someone. Um, and like every person I've ever been involved with, I've known within five seconds meeting them that I'm interested in them, which is something I find really hard about dating apps. Cause I can't tell that. Like I can tell someone's objectively attractive. I can't tell if I'm attracted to them. Um, but I, I went on a first date a couple months back that actually went really well. We never ended up having a second one, but it went well. So I at least had proof of like, okay, they're not all terrible. Um, and I just kind of feel like I'm like, I've been here for over a year. Like I feel stable enough that like I can do it. And like, it's not going to fuck up my life. Um, and I'm not like 
desperate to be in a relationship. Like, honestly, there's a part of me that's like, oh, the idea of dealing with a whole nother person all the time sounds kind of like a lot right now. Um, but I don't know. It just, it felt right. I voluntarily like just kind of stopped thinking about it for a few months, but like, I don't know. It feels like the time to start, uh, fucking around and finding out. (laughs) Not literally fucking around. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with literally fucking around. (laughs) I mean, there might be some of that involved, but yeah. A normal normal amount of fucking around. A healthy amount. (laughs) A tasteful amount. I love it. You know me, I'm a classy lady. (laughs) Unreal. Um, I'm, I'd love to know both. So you're both looking for jobs right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> how yeah. does that impact how you feel, you know, both as a partner and as someone who is single? Because I know, I mean, I've seen friends go through this where either they lose a job or they are struggling to find a job or they're like, we're going through a big like career transformation and they don't feel really settled. And so that has held them back from either you know, being in a relationship, continuing a relationship or dating. So I'd like, would just love to hear what that's been like for each of you. I feel like a giant red flag in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, if you just list a couple things about me, they come off as not great. I think that's why I'm like, you gotta meet me. I've got personality, but I have my BFA in music theater. I'm an actor, question mark. I have a podcast, which people debate if it's a red flag. I don't think it's a red flag. (laughs) I think it's specifically if I saw a like white man had a podcast, I would be like, oh, and I recognize the hypocrisy of that. If someone says actor in their profile, I swipe left. I recognize the hypocrisy of that. And I work at Lululemon. Um, That's definitely something that has partially held me back from dating. There's been many times where we've gotten to the point of a conversation with someone who asked me what my job is. I won't reply because I don't want to say I work at Lululemon. Um, But I think I've now just been in that long enough. It's like, okay, we're clearly going to still be in this stage for a while. And I can't keep just like putting hold on life in hopes that eventually something. Um, So I really count on... I've got personality and I'm <laughs> trying. Um, but no, I agree. I try to avoid talking about jobs up front. I try to at least wait to learn person for that um, because I don't sound super impressive right nice now. Job. Like I'm proud of our podcast and everything and yeah. like whatnot. But like my main job is I work at Lululemon as an educator is what we formally call it, which is just a salesperson. It's a fancier way of saying it. Um so yeah, no, that definitely has held me back. And I've just kind of reached the point where it's like, okay, I can't wait forever. Um, so I think you'll find somebody who will like accept you for it. You know, my sister told me she, she, people fall in love with her all the time. We've had very different experiences dating. Like <laughs> everyone is falling in love with her all the time. Literally like to the point in which a real quote from her, she's like, if I stopped being friends with everyone who fell in love with me, I'd have no friends. Oh my God. She's not exaggerating. Literally everyone falls in love with her. And she was like, you know what? I think you're really specific. So not everyone's going to like you, but someday someone's really going to like Someone all the things will. that make you <laughs> yeah. really specific. Like, and all I was it takes like, is one. All it takes is one. Exactly. And I was like, thanks for calling me weird, Rachel. But I appreciate <laughs> oh that my talk. God. That's my long winded answer. Yeah. <laughs> I, Sarah, I want to get to you, but first, you know, go, go. a few things. Well, I, one point that you made that I really like and want to call out because a lot of times people are like, well, why did this person just stop responding to me on a dating app? And you know, there were times where you 
didn't respond when somebody asked like what your job is. And I think that's one thing where like you have to realize on dating apps, like it's not about you. Sometimes it's no. about the other person and where they're at. And if somebody stops answering, maybe it's not that you said something wrong. Maybe they just realize like, shit, like I don't feel good about my response to this. So mm -hmm. the easier thing is just not answer. Um, and that's really hard on both sides. But again, it's, it's not, sometimes it's not you, it's them. Sometimes it's not them, it's you. And mm -hmm. you just got to kind of take that at face value. But um, I totally understand like how, answering that question can be something that you don't want to do. And I've definitely had questions asked to me that I haven't felt comfortable answering. And then the conversation just drops off forever. Mm -hmm. But um, has that been hard with your sister? Just knowing yeah. like that kind of that comparison of like, well, everyone, yes. yeah, yeah. Like that <laughs> sounds like, really hard. Wrong. <laughs> like she is very hot and talented and wonderful, but I'm like, I think I'm pretty hot and talented and wonderful. Period. Not next in her, and then I also have like a very good best friend who is like just literally looks like a Barbie doll, is oh. the most conventionally attractive person you will ever meet, and is very nice and talented. And so I'm just like, damn, what am I doing wrong? Like, people are asking my sister out all she literally was in bumfuck Western Massachusetts, and I'm in New York City, and she's getting more dates than me. What am I fucking doing wrong? Um, but I also like recognize like people falling in love with people on like impact and look alone like isn't necessarily something lasting um but i also do recognize i'm an intense person i'm a lot and i'm not gonna be everyone's vibe i'm an acquired taste i've been described as before um but no i've certainly compared myself a lot and i now just find it funny um so at least when she's not doing great at dating, it does make me feel better. <laughs> Maybe that makes me mean, but no, it it's, it's it's really hard. I think when people are surrounded by friends and, and or family members who, you know, their dating life or their career, whatever it is, is going really well and, and yours isn't, it's yeah. really challenging and, and it can be really painful. And it's like, on one hand, you want to cheer them on. You don't want to resent them and you don't want to be jealous, but it's like, well, why them and why not me? Yeah. All of my closest friends are currently in long-term committed, happy relationships. Sarah's going on a double date with one of my other best friends. And they're like, you can come. And I'm like, I'm not going to come. Like, I'm going to bitch about it, but I'm not going to come. <laughs> but they're all in very happy relationships. And I'm like, I'm so happy for you, but fuck all of you so much. <laughs> yeah, that is the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> okay, Sarah. Yeah, it's it's so interesting you ask that question because both my partner and I are at like these really career focused times of our lives. Um, Olivia is getting a master's and like wants to get a PhD and is doing and is also working at a psych hospital and like is, so they have a lot of work commitments and um, I'm sort of testing the waters with my career right now. Um, and I think, of course, there's sometimes where I literally was talking in therapy last week about being just like nervous about having time for each other. Um, but I think what overrides that is just like the immense support I feel from them toward what I'm doing. And I hope they feel like uh, with me toward what they're doing, you know, like Olivia's helping me write cover letters for the first time and learn how to make a resume that isn't theater related. And so I think, and in my past relationships, um, 
I didn't really have that support in, in the career, in the career world. I think, um, I was met with a lot of like, why are you doing that? Or like stuff like that. And so to have somebody that I'm, you know, with and believes in me and what, whatever I want to do, whether that's content creation, performance, this or that is just like really special. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing is having a partner who's supportive and that's amazing that they support you in that. And, you know, in even feeling a little lost or like not knowing what your next yeah. step is. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think Olivia always valid when I'm like, I'm lost. I don't know. Like, ah, Olivia's like, it's okay. Like you're going to figure it out and whatever. And even though like their path to me seems so certain and so much more structured, there are times where they come to me and they're like, am I doing the right thing? Am I going into the right field or do I really want that? Um, so I think that's really great. And, um, you know, I love somebody that's really passionate. I think that was always something that was missing in my other relationships was I always wanted somebody that was like driven to do something. And so being with somebody that is like that, because I'm naturally like that has been really great. Yeah, I love that yeah. so much. And I love yeah. that you found that for yourself. Thanks. <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> took a long time to get here. Some really bad, right? bad steps to get here. <laughs> but yeah, it, that's how we grow. It's how we learn. It's how we laugh 100%. at ourselves and, and cringe at 100%. ourselves. Plus, without it, we wouldn't have such fun stories. I know. Exactly. That's we wouldn't exactly. have anything to talk about. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of things to talk about, I would love to hear if you have been able to pinpoint specific differences in dating men versus dating any other type of person. Hmm. Um, one big thing is like the roles are not as clear. Yeah. Like in most heterosexual relationships, it's usually on the man to like be the pursuer. Um, and that's just not as clear. Like the, just the roles are not as defined. Um, which is really great in a lot of ways, but also kind of scary in a lot of ways because you have to figure it out yourself. Yeah. Uh, my partner always has this theory about like, uh, Ooh, yes. yeah, being like the chaser. And so because in heterosexual relationships, it is very normalized that the man is going to chase the woman. But when you get out of that lens, who is supposed to chase who? And the thing is, is what ends up happening is everyone wants to be chased so no one is doing the chasing um and so I think Olivia has always encouraged people Audrey or any friends of mine that come to them for advice to to try and be the chaser sometimes because like people want to be chased but you're not going to get anywhere if you have two people that like each other that <laughs> want you know so I think that is a huge element of it is that you, you're taking away the societal norm of the the guy initiating things, which shouldn't even really like be a yeah. thing in the first place, right. you know? <laughs> um, trying to think if there's anything else. Like being in, like, I mean, being in an actual relationship with somebody that's not a man, I mean, obviously, like, I've just, and again, this all comes back to like internalized homophobia things, but 
it definitely took me a while to get used to like going out in New York City and 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 looking like I was in a romantic, you know, situation because you see two people who look like a woman, like women sitting at a table and it's like, oh my gosh, your sisters, your best friends. And I remember when people said that to me at first, I'd be like really like bummed out and offended by it. Now I'm like, whatever. Um, but definitely like going out on like actual dates sometimes can be a little tough because it's like, are people even looking at us in a romantic, like sort of a sense of a way? Would you ever correct them when, when anyone would say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there are times that I'm like, oh no, like this is my partner. And when I'm in situations where people don't know me and Olivia personally, I like really make sure that people know that like, this is not like my BFF. Like this is the person I'm dating. Um, and usually no one really has an issue with it or that I've ever known about. Um, I am, as I've gotten more into my relationship, I've tried more and more to be like out and proud because like, that's what everyone else is doing. Everyone else is holding hands on the street. So like, why shouldn't I? Yeah, absolutely. This is going to sound weird, but like when I do see either two men or or two women or people who look like women, whatever it is like out in the street, holding hands, like it makes me happy. Like I smile truly. And I'm like genuinely happy. I'm like, I'm so happy for them that they found each other. I'm so happy for them that they, you know, feel comfortable being out because that's how everyone should feel. And it's like, I know people who don't feel that way and who haven't gotten to that point. And it's like so sad to think about where it's like, why can't everyone, you know, like celebrate the love that they have and, and go and show it off. Right. I often find myself staring at particularly queer female relationships in public. And I realize that a lot of the times I'm doing it with just my neutral face, which does look angry. And I just want any women, queer people on the street to know if I'm staring at you (laughs) internally, I'm feeling joy. It just might not be translating to the face. Yeah. Like, Joy, maybe a little jealousy me. that they found their person. Yeah, I think representation is important. Um, I remember like I went on a date with Olivia to this like queer museum in Soho, and that was the first time I had ever seen um uh like two people who presented as women like have a child together because having children one day is something that's like really important to me and I I know that was something I thought a lot about when I was coming out and so yeah I think representation is important and that's what my therapist always tries to remind me when I'm like I'm I'm nervous to do this or what if people judge me because of that and so yeah yeah switching gears a tiny bit I know that Audrey, you mentioned that you think you're a walking red flag. I don't think that, (laughs) but I'm curious. I think so. I think that red flags are something that like we can't all share the same red flags. We all have to have different red flags. And that's like one problem, like kind of a bone I have to pick with the internet because everyone's like, here are these five red flags. Like these are green flags. Those are red flags. And like, like, that's it. It's like, no, we all have our own red flags. We all have our own green flags. So I'd love to hear what each of your red flags and green flags are being impolite to wait staff yeah slash that's like generally people that you view below you like I work in retail and there's a lot of people I can tell they see me as lesser than them um and whenever people do that to like waiters or whatever in public I'm like oh so you see some people as below you that's not hot yeah yeah I know a red flag for me just like based on like past experience is like 
like the, you know, kind of like controlling behaviors um, that people can sometimes display, like, you know, being very obsessive of like where you are, who you're around. I think that's a pretty big red flag for me. Um, well, my ex, uh, do you know this movie Marriage Story? I don't. It's about this horrible divorce between this couple. Uh, okay. He had seen the movie. I had not. He told me that the couple reminds him of us. I would say that's a red flag. <laughs> I would agree. Without having seen the movie, I would agree. But I will go see the movie and confirm that it's I agree. A very good movie. Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver. Very good movie. <laughs> not a couple. You, you want to emulate. <laughs> Yeah, I think like green flags, I, I mentioned this before, like I love somebody that's like very passionate about something um, because I, that's like, I think that's a great like conversation to have. Um, I love somebody with a use, I mean, manners. I think that's yeah. really attractive is somebody with manners. Do you have any specific green flags? What are any green flags I have? Um, I like gay people. Like I like other like bi, queer in the middle of the spectrum people just because I think there's like, I don't know, very something specific about it that, like, is hard to explain. I always say that bi people have a certain chaos that I really like. Um, <laughs> that's a dumb that one. Is really no, that's really not dumb. I think that makes so much sense. It's like, I mean, growing up, you know, my, my parents always told me, like, date someone else is Jewish because you, you'll just get each other on a different level. And, like, I feel mm -hmm. like it's the same thing. It's like these kind of unspoken things about yourself that someone else like will understand and just like be aligned exactly with, without explanation I, this isn't necessarily a red flag i won't date anyone with red hair it means we share too much dna oh my god <laughs> if we walk around together and we both have red hair people are going to think we're related and they're going to That's... be grossed out when we kiss <laughs> i will be grossed out when we kiss if we both have red hair but what if there's your soulmate out there with red hair they can diet. <laughs> if I can just ignore it, that'll even work for me. Oh my God. No, that's, that's really funny. funny. I won't date redheads. I'm also weird about names. Like I really don't want to date. We know, we know you're near the pathway. We know you're weird yeah. about names. I'm, yeah. Yeah. But I've had friends pointed out to me. I'm like, I would not want to date someone named Jeff or Lori. That's my parents' names. Like those aren't hard stops. But like, if I see someone on a dating app with the name Jeff, I'm like, ah, dad. There yeah, there were definitely names. I was a big name person. If it was a name that was like really bizarre to me, I'd like, I'm like, I'm never going to get past the name. That sounds really <laughs> stupid and selfish. And I'm sorry to anyone who's listening who would define their name as bizarre, but like, I told my ex I'm I didn't like human. his name. I told him to his face like several months and I was like, I just don't like your name. Like, can you do me a favor and change it? I'll give you a list of acceptable names to exactly. change it. <laughs> it's so easy. I already know all the steps for the paperwork. So literally I can walk me through it, submit it for you. <laughs> so That's funny. unreal. Okay. My last question for both of you. And this is my favorite question to ask. What is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received? I think this is something that like I have learned in my current relationship. And I think this is really important. And what I like preach to people when they ask me any sort of advice is that like no one can read your mind. You have to like tell people what you want. Um, I always use this example. Like I love flowers and my partner wasn't 
wasn't ever getting me flowers. And sometimes I'm like, that is something I think you could do that would show me appreciation. And I said it and I was like, eventually I like worked up to it and I said it. And there's been other, other times like more deeply where I would just like stuff down my emotions because I was like too afraid to, to say how I was actually feeling because like, what if they didn't like it? But I've learned that it is so much better to just say how you're feeling and to not assume that the person knows anything. Um, and so now that's really what I live by is like, if I just maybe over communicate sometimes just so that uh, factor is like helped out. Yeah, I think that is so important. And I love the flowers example that you gave because I <laughs> personally have told Jake before to get me flowers. And um, <laughs> I really want to make a TikTok of like, so I, I'm very sentimental. So I save things. Yeah. So like, so for he gave me a rose on our fourth date when we watched the bachelor finale together. And he like, I jokingly was like, so where's my rose? He's like, you'll get it later. And like, he was here. He actually had a rose in his desk drawer was like, will you accept oh this rose? God. So like, so, I, so like I hung it upside down. I dried the rose. I have the rose. It's right above me um, in the bottle of tequila that we drank on our second date. So very sentimental. Oh. Anywho, I've been joking with him recently that I want to make a TikTok of like, I've saved like a flower from every time my boyfriend has gotten me flowers over the last year and a half and then just show an empty vase because <laughs> <laughs> there haven't no, been many like more times. <laughs> so <laughs> um, yeah. I'm like, maybe if I, if I make that video, he will feel a little more inclined directly to him to get me flowers because I have mentioned that I want flowers. yeah I think I literally was like you know what would be nice like I really I've taught because I did the whole thing where I like try to like drop the hint of like I really like love flowers like oh my gosh like I got my flowers today wasn't getting it so eventually I was like you know it would be nice like if you ever want to show me that you appreciate me like can you give me flowers? <laughs> well, I, one day Olivia is just going to be like, well, you have you have Audrey flowers next to you every day. So yeah. you have your flowers. <laughs> My parents, whenever they came to shows, I'd be like, why didn't you bring me flowers? They were like, we made you a flower. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to bring you that. <laughs> You're like, oh, but that's all the more reason for me to have them. Exactly. <laughs> Ironically, I kill plants very easily. So, um, this isn't advice as much as it's like something that I've been speaking to my therapist about. Like in my head, like I've always said with dating or like out loud also, I've been like, it sucks that with dating, the options are either like you stay together and you get married or like you break up, you break up and you're horribly heartbroken. Mm. And my therapist is like, hey, maybe we don't need to look at it that extremely. Like maybe you can just like have fun and see if it works out and it doesn't every time need to end in horrible heartbreak. Um, and if you think it's going to, you're kind of setting yourself up for that. Like you don't need to go on every date with a plan of like, getting married. <laughs> I love that. And, and I think that is so true and so important for people to, you know, take a step back and be like, well, or I could have relationships and dating experiences that don't last forever, but I learned something or I have a really good time. And yeah. it's a better approach, you guys. It's a better approach. I love it. Therapy. Love it. Therapy. <laughs> exactly. Thank Breaking. you both so, so much for being here. Where can everybody find you? Where can everyone listen to the pod? All that. Yes, thank you so much for having us. You can find us on Instagram at completely fucking clueless. And on TikTok at completely F-C-K-I-N-G clueless. Yeah. Boom. I love it. Yeah. All right. And remember, if you are listening to this, go listen to completely fucking clueless. They are amazing. I love their show so much. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you for being here. Don't forget to give a five-star rating and review on Spotify and Apple if you haven't yet. If you love this episode, 
two things for you to do. One, share it to your story, tag both of our accounts. That means so much to us and that helps us get the word out. And even better, send it to a friend, send it to the group chat, send it to your coworkers. There's someone out there that will have a very good time. There are a lot of laughs in this episode. There are a lot of laughs. Someone's having a bad day. Like, get, get them this instead of getting them flowers or get them this episode and flowers. And flowers. And flowers. We love it. Make people happy. Spread the joy. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye.